Excuse me. 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 Hello, everybody, and welcome to Morgadorks. This is a bi-weekly Daria podcast where we take an in-depth look at our favorite animated teenage misanthrope episode by episode. I'm Rob Press. And I'm Nissa Lee. And today we are looking at Season 4, Episode 12, Fire! Exclamation mark. In which a late-night <laughs> attempt at kitchen hijinks leaves the Morgendorfer house uninhabitable for a while, meaning Daria has to crash at Jane's, which would be fine, except, you know... Tom, drama ahoy. The episode aired on July 26, 2000, and was written by Peggy Nichol. Hey, that's a name we recognize. Yes. <laughs> She's been firmly entrenched in the bottom half of our list, thanks most recently to stuff like Daria Dance Party and Just Add Water, although I didn't mind Daria Dance Party that much. Um, it was okay. Yeah. Until her previous episode, Murder, She Snored, which currently sits at number 14. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's – I thought that she was a bit more of a mixed bag for us. <laughs> um, and then I was looking at the actual episode list. I'm like, wow, no, she, we we have not been kind to, to one Peggy no. Nickel. No, we have not. Yeah, a couple of housekeeping things uh, out of the way, uh, because I know a lot of folks probably just turn this off the moment we're done the beat by beat or the cultural context. Um, so first of all, uh, I will be doing a live stream with a friend of the podcast, Dougie Style, uh, and I will link to... To a link to his Instagram, which is where the live stream will actually occur. We're going to be talking about uh, Daria and uh, cultural context surrounding it and kind of whatever the hell else crops up. Uh, he runs a music blog, which I'll also link to in the show notes. So you can go uh, check that out and we'll uh, hopefully see you there. That'll be Wednesday night at 7 Eastern uh, or next Wednesday night at 7, 7 Eastern. So you uh, may December want to 9th. give the actual, yeah, <laughs> December 9th. <laughs> So, you know, tune in. That'll be fun. Uh, and also, we finally have some semblance of a plan for how we're going to tackle the movies. Um, I think, you know, obviously we are all of a couple of weeks away from having to talk about the first movie, Is It Fall Yet? And I believe what we're going to do, and we're going to be playing this a little bit by ear, so this may not be final, but what we're probably going to end up doing is making it a two-parter. Uh, we'll cover the first half of the movie in one episode, second half of the movie in another episode, uh, and that'll be the first movie because it's just it's it's daunting enough finding time in the schedule to record uh, a podcast about a twenty minute episode of television, which we somehow make into an hour and a half podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's entirely my fault. Um, so, well, I, I don't know. I am I am the other voice in this. <laughs> Uh, and you know, it's, that's 80 to 90 minutes of, of television to cover. Uh, and I imagine that's going to be a pretty substantial chunk of time. So, uh, so we'll definitely be, or not definitely, but we will almost certainly be splitting that into two parts. Uh, so look forward to that. I think that'll be the first half of that will be coming out on, if everything goes according to schedule, December 31st. So that's a cool New Year's Eve gift. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, looking forward to that. Okay. 
housekeeping out of the way, uh, I am deeply excited to talk about this episode. Deeply excited. Wow. Yes, yes. I the the one two punch of fire and die die my darling is some of my favorite stuff in the series. Um, which I'm curious to see how it holds up <laughs> to analysis. Uh but anyway. You're not going to give a bunch of spoilers for the next episode, no, are no, you? No, 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 no. Okay. No, no, not at all. You better not. Specifically not. <laughs> no. um, but but this is a very interesting episode. I d I don't think I don't think it's a spoiler to say that. Uh and we should probably roll into it. So we open with Jake, who's awake at one in the morning and cursing the waiter for giving him caffeinated coffee at dinner. Uh, he decides he's going to heat up some milk to get him back to sleep, throws a pot on the stove. Uh, through a final destination E series of events, he spills the milk, drops some paper towels right onto the stove's open flame, slips on the milk, turns to grab a mop, and whoops, the kitchen's on fire. We're in this together by <laughs> we're in this together by nine inch nails plays as Jake sounds the alarm and everybody gets out safely, albeit in a hell of a hurry. Uh, standing out on the sidewalk with the Lawndale Fire Department hosing down their house, Helen berates Jake for his carelessness. So Jake and the milk again. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that something? <laughs> uh-huh. Keeps going back to that milk. Uh, I, I love it. The timing of that is fantastic. Um, <laughs> so so what – I mean, I, I have to admit that I relate – to Jake on um, several points here, one of which is uh, any caffeine past like three o'clock in the afternoon is going to keep me up at night um, <laughs> or just like some chocolate. <laughs> um, yes, I'm like an old woman right now, <laughs> but, um, but, uh, and also of course, uh, his line, where does Helen hide the mop? It's like one of the more relatable things he's ever said. Yeah, that is, I think everybody feels that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm curious, what is your go-to remedy for when you can't sleep at night? Um, if I find it, I'll tell you. Oh yeah. Oh. yeah I, I am terrible at sleep. Um, awful. I, I can fall asleep very quickly. Um, like when I go to go to bed at night, it's, I hit the pillow and I'm usually out in the span of like a couple minutes, if that. But if I get up in the middle of the night, it's extremely hard for me to get back to sleep. And mm. so I'll, you know, even like this morning, I, I got up at about four in the morning. I think I maybe got back to sleep from like 6.30 to seven and that was it. So you have like a wonky split night. Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. That's a shame. When I was <laughs> when I was uh living on my own and uh had far less shame, I would just like say, "All right, I'm going to have a giant bowl of cereal." Uh, <laughs> and that usually did the trick. Uh I usually it's the milk. myself right into it. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> maybe maybe this milk is onto something. Although, uh so I ended up looking this up. And while there are some chemicals in milk that can aid sleep, and a warm drink is generally believed to help someone get rest more easily, there's insufficient scientific evidence to back up the claim that a warm glass of milk can actually help you sleep. 
Uh, milk does have certain chemicals that aid sleep, but one glass of milk wouldn't really have a large enough supply of those to really make a difference. On the other hand, breast milk does have chemicals <laughs> that aid sleep. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I don't think oh, Jake boy. has access to those goods. <laughs> gonna, I'm not going to touch that. Um <laughs> When I was pregnant, my my go to for for getting back to sleep was. I was just about to um, ask what your uh, what your way is. Yeah, it, it was um, peanut butter. <laughs> Usually, wow. like pe- peanut butter on toast is is what I'd have, <laughs> or or I'd have like half a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs> That's so weird. Yeah, I don't know. It's just it, it, particularly when I was pregnant, I was like. I I want a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and and I would also have a glass of milk. Um but <laughs> I don't think it was Shit, the milk. Maybe that I is it. it. Maybe the maybe the milk <laughs> just totally works. <laughs> well, I wouldn't I wouldn't warm it up. I just think that's weird. <laughs> yeah. Which oh by the way, has Jake like never heard of a microwave? Right. Yeah. I mean, warming milk up in a in a pot is kind of gross anyway if it like you know the film happens. Yeah, it creates. Yeah, it creates this weird film in it. Yeah, Ugh. I guess he's not the one that washes it. No, that's that's unsurprising. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that morning, we get a quick guitar strum from Live's "Run to the Water" as the Morgendorfer family stands in their kitchen with an adjuster. He says it's mainly just smoke damage, but between what needs to be repaired and the fact that they need to repaint upstairs and downstairs, it looks as though the Morgendorfers will need to live somewhere else for the next two weeks. While their insurance would have paid for a shitty local place, Jake pulls some connections and manages to land the family at Le Grand Hotel, a much swankier affair. Chick Magnet by MXPX plays as they arrive at the hotel and were greeted by Bobby, a bellhop who apparently has his sights set on Quinn. He offers to carry her luggage upstairs and brags about his uncle being the owner of the hotel. Meanwhile, over in Jake and Helen's room, they appear to be using this opportunity to get the spark back into their marriage. Ooh, la, la. Uh, we mercifully, yeah, uh, we mercifully cut back to Quinn's room, which it turns out is Quinn and Daria's room, and that's just not going to do. I like how they actually thought they were going to get separate rooms when originally yeah. they were supposed to be in a shitty motel. <laughs> Come on. Come on, so girls. ambitious. <laughs> so hopeful. So young. I really don't know any other way to put this. I am not a fan of Bobby's upper lip. Mm. <laughs> it just bothers the hell out of me. His lips are luscious, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I, I don't Ugh. like them either, upper or lower lip. None of them. Off we go to the Lane residence where Jane and Tom are trying to figure out what a movie, what movie they're going to see. Uh, Jane suggests a horror affair, but Tom's in the mood for a movie with a plot, quote unquote. Uh, he mentions that Daria left him a message about a Fellini film festival, and Jane seems a little uneasy at Daria having Tom's number. He reminds her she's the one who gave Daria Tom's number in the first place, which, okay, we're moving on. Except Tom starts talking about a conversation he and Daria were having about Fellini. Jane mocks it, and Tom gets snippy in return. They get into one of those tiny tiny non-fight fights that couples get into and settle on staying home and quietly watching TV. Things are not going well on the Jane and Tom front. I like that you say one of those tiny non-fight fights. That's really accurate. Um, I think that that the conversation uh, snippets of the conversation are worth mentioning, um, particularly when uh, 
Jane says, how could I forget that? Uh, that conversation that you and Daria had, it was one of the best naps of my life, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, ow, ow. Of course he's going to yeah. get a little, yeah, uh, a little sensitive. I, yes, but also like, all right, I, I have previously defended Tom on this podcast and on our Twitter, mm-hmm. asserting that he's not as bad as some of the fandom has made him out to be. I, but I feel like he's being real shitty here. Um, like this, there's this sulking and he's getting pretty snobbish and repeatedly talking about his girlfriend's best friend. Like none of that is a particularly good look. Agreed. I mean, the cinema. Yeah. (laughs) And Jane calls him out on that too. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. None of what he's doing is very good, but as you know, we'll see later as you know, Jane also is not completely a victim here. <laughs> no, things, I mean, things are bad on both ends. And that's, yes. you can see it from like the body language in this scene is pretty stark. Like they are on opposite sides of the couch. Neither of them seem all that engaged. Like Tom is basically sinking into himself. And um, yeah, it's, it's, things are clearly not great. <laughs> um, and we'll talk about it a little bit, but I feel like, you know, everybody, who's been in a relationship can kind of relate to this stage. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. So we get a neat cut back over to Daria and Quinn's room where Quinn's on the phone with Sandy, who hears Daria in the background. Quinn, who transfers to the bathroom telephone, ooh la la, tells Sandy that that was just the maid. Um, there's a knock at the door and Daria answers to find a disappointed Bobby. He's bringing over the room service burger that he thought Quinn had ordered. He refuses payment and Daria ushers him out, but he makes sure to say goodbye to Quinn on the way. Quinn starts needling Daria about her dietary decisions and Daria decides, you know what? Fuck it. I'm staying at Jane's. <laughs> um, Quinn knows Helen and Jake won't be okay with that and initially demands some monetary compensation for covering Daria's tracks, but then the phone rings and when Daria answers it with Quinn's sister speaking, that's enough to make Quinn's <laughs> that's enough to make Quinn forget all about the money. Uh, Daria's out the door and we're out of act 1 with a song that I don't actually recognize at all. All right. <laughs> yeah. And apparently nobody else recognized it either because it's not it's not listed anywhere. It's the song that just fell out of everybody's consciousness. <laughs> <laughs> it never existed. <laughs> the song was never here. Daria leaves behind an entire burger, and I find that a little unconscionable. <laughs> uh yeah, especially because she knows that there won't be any food at Jane's, right? <laughs> It just doesn't make any sense. Also, the line, I'm going to stick it in my boots because I love the squishy, squishy feeling around my toes is delightful and gross. It is delightfully <laughs> gross. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Quinn's reaction to that is uh, appropriate. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Quinn um, in the bathroom with a phone. Well, that bathroom is swanky but also why the hell does it need a phone (laughs) so that's i oh my god so i've never understood the bathroom phone is that a thing yeah that's i mean that's a thing there are you know i mean i've seen that at hotels before i've definitely i've been in a house or two where i've seen the uh the bathroom phone and like wow rob we're living in different worlds i well this this 
these are not any houses that I would normally be in. Um, <laughs> but uh, I mean, I guess I, to some extent, I understand it as a uh, as a mobility thing. I understand the necessity of maybe having a device to communicate with the outside uh, world yeah. if you are an elderly individual um, or or a differently abled individual. Um, I do not, however, understand the point of it as a measure of wealth <laughs> and and luxury. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You bring up a very good point. Yeah, but I also, I mean, in a hotel, I think that makes sense to some extent. Um, but like, you know, in a house where it's not necessary, there's like, that's, that's where the poo lives. You can't... <laughs> <laughs> can't have a surface that you're gonna like put up to your ear and mouth like in the middle of the poo room <laughs> the poo room oh i'm so glad you're my friend <laughs> <laughs> you're so patient <laughs> hey you know I, I i live with a toddler we talk about poop all the time <laughs> I live with a toddler and it braces me for, for this hour and a half every two weeks. <laughs> uh, um, so there's definitely a storm brewing here with Jane and Tom going through a rough patch and Daria on her way to live there for the next two weeks, unbeknownst to Jane. Um, that said, I kind of appreciate that we're not like being bashed over the head with that. It's just kind of you know, we're a third of the way into this episode and the central conflict is obvious, but not in like a flashing neon sign kind of way. Agreed. Yeah. I have nothing else to add to it, but yeah, you're right. <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's, it's smooth. I don't know. I appreciate that. So act two opens with Daria knocking on Jane's door, much to Jane's surprise. Uh, Tom's a little too happy to see Daria, which Jane notices, but doesn't say anything about. Uh, Trent's there too, being Trent. Uh, Daria explains the situation as, and asks if she can stay the night. Jane's a tad reluctant, but agrees because, again, Jane Lane, best friend. Uh, Tom suggests the four of them go out for some pizza, which Daria agrees to, but Trent bails because he's two hours late for band practice, which means he should probably start heading out <laughs> to live that life. Mm-hmm. Tom, Tom's all ready to head out for pizza when Jane points out she never actually agreed to go. And Daria, possibly sensing and wanting to avoid the drama bomb waiting to happen, suggests that she should probably just head up to a room and crash. Jane shows her what was apparently Penny's old room, and after an awkward sequence in which Tom laughs way too hard at one of Daria's jokes and Jane basically rips his arm out of its socket while gripping onto him, they leave her to her devices. Uh, Heading downstairs, Jane's ready to go out the door for some pizza, but Tom has decided he's not that hungry after all. They plop themselves back down onto the couch, far away from one another as possible, Jane clearly perturbed. Okay, before we get started on all of this... (laughs) There are at least two phones in that in that um hotel room. Why could Daria just not call Jane to give her a heads up? Say, yep. "Hey, I'm going to come over," or "Hey, can I come over and crash?" Why is she calling Tom? You know, but not thinking to call Jane in this situation. It's not great. Um, No. I think if you want to be, if you want to be charitable, you could say that maybe Quinn was tying up the phone line the entire time. uh, And uh, there was also the matter of like, 
Daria did kind of make a split decision to just be like, you know what, fuck it, I'm out. Right. <laughs> she just like walked over, picked up her bag, and and left. Um. So, but I think those are those are both kind of like those are being a bit charitable. Like you said, it, it's pretty shitty to not call and say, hey, by the way, I'm going to need a place to crash for maybe two weeks. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so there's a chance you're wondering, hey, uh, Jake did a really silly and stupid thing that started this entire mess. So why isn't Rob laying into him? Hmm. And the answer is that all of my ire for this episode has instead been transferred to Tom for the way he's acting so far because holy shit, my guy, what are you doing? Yeah, it's it's not it's not smooth. <laughs> yeah, I we mentioned this a little bit earlier. I have I have sympathy for people who are stuck in a dead or dying relationship and refuse to put an end to it, whether it's, you know, for fear of the unknown or any kind of, you know, other circumstances. I we've all been there. Like I get it. Um and, and you know, sometimes it's just like sheer momentum that's keeping things together. But just pull the plug. This <laughs> this is not the way to go about this. Yeah, yeah. Um and that also ties in nicely with Mr. O'Neill's lesson in the next scene uh, about the the red badge of courage. Um, but I also have to ask, like, do you think that he is he's doing these things purposefully? And um, you know, is he is he needling her consciously, <laughs> or or is he simply reacting to an attraction that he has for Daria? I, for the sake of my appreciation of the character, because I still stand by, like I, I do, I do think Tom is not as shitty as people make him out to be. I think he is being particularly shitty in this episode, um, but I don't think it's necessarily on purpose because that is a that's a mean spiritedness that I don't attribute to his character in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also, uh, I don't want to go any further than that, but uh, okay. there's, there's a, without there's a like spoiling things for later. Yeah, totally, totally. Um, but there, there's a mean spiritedness there that I don't necessarily attribute to him. I think, um, you know, he's clearly in a relationship that he's not particularly enjoying, but he's not willing to pull the plug on it. And around comes this person who he clearly has a thing for. Uh, and he just, you know, his energy picks up. Like, it, and I'll put it this way I hope that it's, that it's not on purpose. Cause if it is on purpose, that's just garbage tier, garbage tier humanity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, and like, you have to feel bad for Jane here. Like it's easy to, and I think it's fair to say like, she's kind of as much at fault as anyone for not just saying like, all right, we're done here. Like she's kind of making that same mistake of just letting this continue forward, even though it's very obviously not working. But like just by her reactions to everything, you can tell that Daria apparently comes up a lot and it's, it's like a steamroller. It's like a steamroller that she just can't get out of the way of. Yeah, agreed. It, it's it's tough for her because I mean there is also a kind of ego boost for with being with a boy who's not from your school. He's a little bit older <laughs> than her, right? Maybe. Yes. Um so so 
you know, that's kind of a um, status thing. Although she, uh, of course, she doesn't recognize that, you know, openly, but, but we know this, this is how it works. <laughs> <laughs> so, so she's maybe not like willing to let go of, of that yet. Yeah. Yeah. Very, uh, very Timon and Pumbaa at the beginning of, can you feel the love tonight vibes? Oh. <laughs> this whole thing. <laughs> So I uh, also seem to be the person who keeps asking about logistics in this episode. Um, but holy heck, what is this room that Jane put Staria in? You said it it used to be Penny's room? Yes, but I think Jane mentioned it's just, that. It looks like it's still inhabited. And does <laughs> Jane also say that, that Tom has a room? That what? I did not pick up on. Yeah, she says, I would put you in his room, but blah, 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 blah. Like, are they just spending way too much time together? (laughs) It's a distinct possibility. Uh Um, I mean, so they, the Lane household has been populated by... Vagrants? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Any, anywhere from like two to 12 people uh, over the course of the years. So I have no idea how many bedrooms are in the place. There's, there has to be, you know, at least three, like Trent has his own room. Jane has her own room. Penny apparently has her own room, which you're right. Still looks as though it's lived in, but also I have no trouble at all believing that the Lane family does not, you know, like they don't just immediately move boxes into there. They just kind of leave everything alone. Yeah. It's just like a time capsule. Totally. But, yeah, but it, if it, but if Tom has his own room, you know, if he's crashing there, which I wouldn't, you know, put it past them to do because sure. you know, lacks parents, um, older boy, whatever. Um, but yeah, th- this could be, you know, a detail that adds to the fact that they're just getting kind of bored of each other <laughs> and too yeah. much time together. Also, <laughs> How can Daria walk away from a burger, turn down pizza, <laughs> and then go to bed without eating? Is she some kind of superhuman? <laughs> Is that what it's like to be a teenager? <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. I feel like we've we've all known those people who can just like just they just don't eat. <laughs> it's not me, man. Yeah, same. But they they generally don't look all that great for it. But that's true. Um, Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I just I can't get in the I can't get in the mindset of somebody who would put down a burger. I don't I don't understand it. Yeah, it doesn't make sense to me. Logistics, I'm telling you. This is <laughs> this is what the ranking is going to come down to. <laughs> <laughs> Bathroom phone. <laughs> Episode 49. That's where the, the poop lives. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, at school the next day, Jane asks Daria if she'll be staying over again. Uh, Daria says she doesn't plan on it, which Jane is just fine with. But all of that is immediately foiled by Quinn, who runs up looking to make sure Daria won't be coming back to the hotel because the fashion club will be having emergency meetings all week. Exasperated, Daria asks if she can stay with Jane a few more nights. Jane, her reluctance now plain to see, agrees. At the hotel, the fashion club is hanging out by the pool and getting all of the attention from the pool boys, while Helen and Jake seem to be having quite a bit of fun. Over wanders Bobby, who pulled a few strings in room service to get the group some free treats. 
I was really hoping that the emergency fake tan meetings for the fashion group would end up with them just looking orange by the poolside. (laughs) (laughs) But it didn't happen. Damn it. There was something kind of refreshing about seeing Helen and Jake just like having fun. Oh, yeah. In the pool. Yeah. Yeah, it was nice. You know, they're having a good episode generally. Yeah. Um, But I do find it a little weird how Helen infantilizes him when they're having fun. Just saying. Mm. Just just a little Mm. weird. Yay, Jakey. Yep. Yep. Going back to the milk. All comes back to milk. Yeah. (laughs) Nothing I care to say. Um, so, so yeah, I don't know. I, um, logistics again, I know this whole like Quinn monopolizing the room scenario just progresses the plot, but I am also having a really hard time believing that Daria would just let Quinn steamroll her like this without some kind of bribe involved. Yeah. It's she, she's being like a real pushover here and (laughs) You know, with her sister of all people, it just doesn't make sense to me. So it's not it's not done within the episode. So I hesitate to give the episode credit for it, but I can very much see you know Daria taking a stance of like, well, I would have to be living with Quinn in the room um, for the next two weeks. Like I could see that being kind of like a lose lose for her, where she's just no, I'm I'm good. I'll I'll hang out somewhere else. Like, yeah. I can see her not needing much motivation. Yeah, I guess I guess you're right. I don't know. But yeah, the, but there's there's no argument put up whatsoever. Yeah. You know, where, where like Quinn just rolls up like, hey, by the way, can you just like stay away from the room for the next two weeks? And Daria just kind of goes like, all right, <laughs> that's it. Yeah, there's um, not even like alarm bells that go off about Bobby, right? Right. Which right. I feel like good sister Daria would have alarm bells. Yeah. And I mean, we'll, we'll talk a bit about Bobby and, and alarm bells in a little bit, but like, yeah, I, I feel as though, and again, it's not consciously stated in the, or it's not overtly stated in the episode itself, but I feel as though the idea of having to live in the same room as Quinn for the next two weeks, and having <laughs> a way, having a way You just got to keep hitting that point, right? Well, it's, I, I mean- she's very clearly not okay with it and it's the primary motivation it's what forces her like out of the yeah. room leaving leaving behind a burger <laughs> that would under normal <laughs> circumstances be very expensive and also flee so quickly that she doesn't even call the friend that she's going to be staying with mhm it's oh, weird yeah, it's, it's yeah. a weird lack of of um a weird lack of of self-respect <laughs> yeah yeah Fake suntan meetings. Mm. <laughs> uh, back at the Lane residence, Jane's got a power drill and she is just going to town on a hunk of wood that is slowly evolving into a sculpture. Uh, Daria suggests they go grab a bite to eat and Jane declines, then notes that while it was nice of Daria to leave Tom a message about the Fellini Film Festival, Daria can always just pass messages to him through Jane. Daria goes to respond, but Jane wears up the drill again. Daria, sensing the tenor of the room, wanders off to go read. In Penny's room, Daria's reading The Prince when she hears a knock at the door. It's Tom, and Daria's a bit taken aback. They quickly settle into some friendly banter about the book, and their conversation gets overheard by Trent, who happens to be passing by in the hallway. 
Back at the hotel, Bobby surprises the fashion club with access to the presidential suite, which is a hell of an upgrade, which Bobby mm-hmm. convinces Quinn is yeah, which Bobby convinces Quinn is no problem at all because again, his uncle owns the place. He just asks for a date with Quinn in return. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The fashion club yeah. Fashion club is stoked, though Sandy is doing what she can to insert some uncertainty into the situation. Good for Sandy. Yeah, yeah. So this is this is one of those things where and not to spoil what's going to happen in the episode, but she's not entirely wrong about this guy. Right. Um, I mean, I know she's mostly trying to be a bitch here, but she's not <laughs> She's not wrong. <laughs> He's bad news. Yeah. But here's the thing, though. Like, her her warnings about him would go would be heeded more quickly if she weren't constantly doing this exact thing. <laughs> That's true. And also, maybe her warnings would be heated if um, men didn't constantly do this kind of thing to get dates. (laughs) Yes. Right? Like the quid pro quo thing. Yeah. No, Bobby's a piece of shit. Yeah. (laughs) Let's let's get that out there and and have With weird lips. Yes. He's a piece of shit with weird lips. He's got weird shit lips. (laughs) Uh, oh god um, yeah this episode's gone places um on top of of feeling for jane and the situation that she's in i'm really starting to feel pretty bad for daria too because she's not asking for any of this it's just kind of like happening to her and and Mm -hmm. you know we'll we'll get into it in a little bit where it's less and less happening to her and more something that you know she needs to actually deal with Still not okay with Tom uh, because the difference between, you know, we get to see him now hanging out just with Daria and the difference between hanging with Jane Tom and hanging with Daria Tom is like night and day. And mm-hmm. It's kind of, it's kind of making both women feel like shit in its own way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like we've gone from, uh, we have gone so far from the beginning of this relationship with Tom where Jane would was desperate to have Daria approve of him and be friends yes. with them together to now being like, mm, maybe you can pass your messages through me. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a huge difference. Yeah. And and what a like what a thing for Jane to assert, right? Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It's um, if Daria doesn't get the point, then you know there's a problem here. I think, I think, as you had said, Daria is is having things happen to her, and she is not asserting any kind of agency in this situation. She's just, she's just like, oh, well, you know, Tom wants to talk to me. Fine. We have similar, right. you know, we, we have similar interests. Okay. You want us to be friends. Okay. Um, but she's kind of playing dumb here, I think. Yeah, and and the episode's going to call that out directly uh, in a little bit, and, and we're mm-hmm. definitely going to talk about it. Uh, and I think it, th- this is where it's really starting to show. Like, you're really starting to see that. Like, how are you not picking up on this? Like, I know you're not great with people, sure, but <laughs> um, but it, but at a certain point, it just becomes kind of farcical. Uh, and I'm I'm glad that the show actually 
deals with it head on, which we'll we'll get to momentarily yeah. uh, after a series of, of very good conversation. Back in the Lane residence, Daria and Tom are happily chatting about Stalin, as you do. Uh, when they're <laughs> interrupted by Jane, who was wondering when the hell her boyfriend or where the hell her boyfriend was. Uh, turns out Tom lost track of time. Uh, Jane's clearly not thrilled with what's going on here, and she leaves, followed rather quickly by Tom, who says he'd better go. As he leaves, Daria turns in her chair and watches him go, and that takes us to the end of Act Two with Part of the Process by Mochiba playing in the background. So, to, to go again to Daria and Tom's conversation, like, I appreciate what's being done here. Um, they're trying to show that Daria and Tom are intellectual equals. It's giving them like esoteric things to bond over. Uh, but this is like really stilted and weird conversation, which mm-hmm. look, any Daria related attempt at courtship is going to be a little odd <laughs> just because. Well, yeah. Um, and looking in on anybody's courtship is a little weird, <laughs> a little awkward, yeah. right? Yeah. Totally. <laughs> like, you know what's going on here. They're flirting by talking about dictators. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, 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 and you're totally right too, because I, you know, immediately in my head, I, I jump to, I loathe a parade when, you know, we first saw any kind of chemistry between these two characters. And, and the conversation there really worked. Like it was very, I think Pol Pot got mentioned at one point, so they were still talking about dictators, but, but it, it had a flow. It felt a little bit more natural. And then even in there, there was that very like really stilted, awkward moment of, I think Tom said like, thanks for sharing that moment with me or something like that. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And, and you called it out in that, in that episode of Morgan Dorks. You were like, that is so painful to watch. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, any like I said, anybody's flirtation, you know, you know what's going on. It's going to be weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, do, why, why do people do this to themselves? Yeah. Also, <laughs> the interactions between Tom and Daria, um, you know, or, and Tom and Daria and Jane, you know, it makes me wonder why Daria and Jane get along so well if Jane is not interested in these things that Daria is interested in. Like she calls their talk morgue chat. And it just, <laughs> you know, it, it just makes me wonder like, are they simply friends because? You, they're kind of the weird outcasts. Um, like, what is it that they does Jane value Daria's interests? I don't know. It's hard to tell in in this episode. <laughs> I start questioning it. No, that's, that's I know. A great point. I know that most of it is the fact that she's being protective, but. Um, but I feel like as these episodes go on, there is more and more distance between Daria and Jane um, as far as like their personalities and their interests are concerned. And and while those differences and their personalities often do complement each other, it's just sometimes I'm like, okay, why are you guys here together then? <laughs> <laughs> You know, if you can't get along with like a male version of Daria, you know, then <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> I I think that's a it's a very good point. And I think 
maybe what we're seeing with Daria and Tom, like immediately leaping into the conversations they're having is maybe it's kind of like a, oh, hey, here's this thing that, here's an interest of mine that I get to talk about that I don't really get to talk about with my best friend in Daria's case mm-hmm. or my girlfriend in Tom's case, um, which isn't necessarily like a deal breaker. Uh, it certainly hasn't been with Jane and Daria. Uh, maybe it is with Jane and Tom. But it makes Jane feel left out. Yeah. And and that's, and that kind of sucks. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, and like, I don't know, there are, I definitely have like groups of friends, you know, like there are certain friends that I'll, there are certain friends that I can talk to about video games and there are certain friends that I can talk to about movies and there are certain friends that I can talk to about uh, professional wrestling. Like, um, and, and there are certain friends I can only talk to about like work or editing or Daria. So like it, it's, I get the sectioning off, um, but you know, in, in this case where you have, um, you know, these, these two people who have these very similar interests and they very clearly don't mesh and those particular interests don't mesh with anything that you're interested in. Uh, and it just so happens that that like is creating a really one-sided triangle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's, it's an isosceles. <laughs> Something like, I, look, I don't know. You would know better than I. <laughs> Now sure, I'm going isosceles. to uh, <laughs> isosceles triangle. I'm looking it up. Nope, it's not an isosceles. Maybe one with an acute angle, <laughs> but I don't know what that's called. <laughs> Wait, I have no idea what I'm talking about. I was really bad at geometry. <laughs> wow. Anyway, <laughs> tangents. Oh, man. I guess I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to look to someone else for for that geometry podcast I was trying to yeah, get off the ground. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Don't trust me at pool. <laughs> Actually, I'm <laughs> I'm pretty okay at pool. <laughs> That's super believable, and I don't know why. I mean, I'm not great, but I'm I'm pretty okay. I'll, I'll no, leave it at pretty you're okay. You're a total shark. I guarantee you, you're a total shark. <laughs> you, <laughs> you you've never played pool with me. Nope. Really? Nope. Wow. Where would we have had the occasion to have played pool? I don't know. Bars? <laughs> yeah, because I go to bars all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Uh, so we open Act 3 in Lawndale High where Quinn's chatting with the fashion club about what to wear on her date with Bobby. Uh, Sandy's still trying to poop on it <laughs> over in art class. <laughs> Jane is angrily stabbing at her canvas, much to Miss Defoe's chagrin, to the tune of Caught Out There by Kelly and Anna's song by Silverchair. Uh, Miss Defoe gives up. Uh, Jane's soon joined by Jody, who asks Jane if she's had a bad week. Jane angrily blows her off initially, then catches up a second later. Jane points out that her and Tom were getting along just fine, sitting in front of the TV and making fun of the things they saw. But, hmm. when, she's around Dar- but when he's around Daria, it's like he's a totally different person. Jody, eyeing up Mac getting into football shenanigans with Kevin and some other folks from the football team, understands. Uh, into the hallway walks Daria and System of Down Spiders plays as Jane quickly ducks into an empty classroom to avoid her. Jody is curious, but we move on. Uh, I just want to note here that Bobby is taking Quinn to a restaurant called C'est La Ville, and that is <laughs> absolutely fantastic. Wow. Uh, I also note that there's a, there's a through line here of Jane getting more and more openly displeased with how things are going. 
Uh, and I appreciate that the show is like working it in gradually. Um, what started as just this like small, easily missed expression at the beginning of the episode where she like arches her eyebrow at Tom saying that uh, Daria called him or something like that um, has, you know, in, in all of like 10 minutes <laughs> turned into Jane stabbing a canvas to death. <laughs> yeah. Ducking into classrooms. It's, yeah. Uh, it has progressed. It's pretty stark. Um, I also, I thought it was neat and pretty clever to draw a comparison between Jane and Tom's situation and Jody and Max's situation. Yeah. So, um, you know, to give context, Jody says that she doesn't, uh, she, between her extracurric- extracurricular activities and Max football, um, they don't really have time to dislike each other. <laughs> <laughs> Um, which, you know, brings up a good point. Like if all you do in your relationship is like make fun of people and watch TV, maybe it's not a healthy relationship. And Jody's situation, while, you know, she sounds sad about it, you know, her situation is a good reminder that it's healthy to spend some time apart. And, you know, if you're sitting in front of the TV all the time, maybe like you need to do that. <laughs> you need to get up and go somewhere and yeah. develop a part of yourself or the relationship. <laughs> right? Right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yes, Jody sounds a little sad about it, but that is probably, uh, you know, the voice of a high schooler. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think we, you know, Jody and Mac are, they're like the rock solid couple of the se- of mm-hmm. the series, right? Um, yeah. They're kind of like the, they're kind of the Turk and Carla of this series where, you know, all of the, all of the characters and relationships around them kind of like spiral into and out of them at, at any given time. I'm speaking now of Turk and Carla um, uh, from Scrubs. Um <laughs> <laughs> I like that you clarified that. I knew what you were talking about, but because there's probably someone out there like Turk and Carla. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> we're saying what's a Turk and Carla? <laughs> it's like a turducken. Was a couple but... days ago. <laughs> but if, but you know, Jody and Mac are the couple that has stayed together for the entire series, and I'll go ahead and spoil it. They stay together for the rest of the series. Like that doesn't really change. Um, and and you know they go through hardships, they go through rough patches, and we'll see some more of those a little bit down the line. But um, but it's because of conversations like this, where uh, you know Jody knows that these things are difficult sometimes, and she knows that they each have their own thing, and recognizing that it's okay for both people in a relationship to have their own thing and their own life away from. Uh, the person that they're in the relationship with is is that's a healthy thing. It's healthy mm-hmm. to have a piece of yourself that is just yours, you know. Yes. Um, and and that's something that it's it's extremely easy to <laughs> totally forget about or just not know about when you're in these early relationships. Like you're absolutely. It it does have a lot to do with age and the fact that you know, especially women, but also also men like we're brought up on fairy tale 
love, you know, <laughs> you yep. know, this idea that you, you're supposed to find the one and live happily ever after and basically devote your life to that person and that love. And, and like, that's not, that's not realistic. And it's, uh, it's not something that people talk about as unrealistic. So, I, I mean, I hope that's changing. I've certainly tried to address that when I was teaching fairy tale adaptations. Um, but, <laughs> you know, it's, <laughs> it's something that like, it like we're nursed on it, you know, <laughs> totally. and, and, uh, and it's really hard to wean ourselves from those ideas. Absolutely. And, and the, I think the modern version of that you know the modern version of that fairy tale happily ever after thing is uh social media of you know posting pictures uh like all the family pictures you know like the 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 husband and a wife and their small child standing in a field you know, mm. with like with matching clothing yeah matching clothing and everybody's smiling and having a great time or or it, it's people typically uh, are posting things to social media that make them look good or make them look happy or or made them feel happy so they wanted to share it with others and so it's you know it gives a look there's nothing wrong with sharing like hey I'm happy and this person's happy and together we're happy there's nothing wrong with sharing that um but if it's the only thing that you're seeing when you're scrolling down your feed it's easy to feel like, oh man, everybody else is so happy all the time. Mm -hmm. Everything, yeah. everyone's doing so well. Um, and one, if you're in a relationship and it's not particularly going well, it just makes you feel even worse. Uh, and two, if you're not in a relationship, then you're looking at that and you're thinking, oh, well, that's what I have to look for. I have to look for that perfect thing where, um, you know, I'll be happy all the time with that person and be able to spend all that time around them. And, um, it's, it's, bad it's not great <laughs> and it's it's doing the same thing that fairy tales did yeah it's an absolutely skewed perspective it's unrealistic and um and i think that people are doing a better job of pointing that out uh you yes. know talking about like fomo and things like that um but um i don't know maybe maybe it's particularly our generation or you know like <laughs> i i think <laughs> I think that, um, okay, here, I'll say this. I think that now that therapy is more acceptable, people are talking about you know, unrealistic expectations more often. You yes. know what I mean? So I think, I, I think that it, there is hope. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah. 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 It, it's, and it's something that I, I, I've definitely seen it in social media in general, um, particularly among millennials, very much among Gen Z, is uh, emotional articulation, mm -hmm. um, is the ability to say like, no, I feel like shit. And that's, you know, like, obviously that's not great, but I'm letting you know <laughs> that I feel like shit. <laughs> um, yeah. Or, hey, you know, this this made me feel a certain way, or this could make somebody else feel a certain way, or... Um, Hey, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you about how I'm doing, uh, or I'm not going to sit here and just post nothing but happy things all the time because that's not life. That's not what we're all dealing with. <laughs> like, um, yes, especially not right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah, especially not right now. Um, and as you were saying, like being more open about uh, the help that you're getting, being more open about therapy and about mental illness and about 
general mental health and mental wellness like um yeah and just and just simply having those those tools to totally. recognize and converse about what you see going on around you and how that might not actually be consistent like your observations may not be consistent with reality right and a large part of that has to do with the you know cultural training that we have <laughs> yep um going back to you know the whole fairy tale thing so um yeah that that was that was quite a tangent but i felt like it <laughs> needed to be said <laughs> no it's it's worth it's it's worth having because you know especially if you're talking about you know these if you're talking about relationships in high school uh and like early college like you make a lot of mistakes <laughs> oh, yeah. and and it it doesn't come down to like it's just down to inexperience you know it's down to just not knowing how to how to handle another person in your life like that and learning mm-hmm. that and learning how that works with somebody else and and with yourself um you know that's all part of part of all this like it, it it's a very complicated thing and i can't imagine it's gotten particularly easier <laughs> in the modern no, age. No, I don't think so. <laughs> May as well just become a hermit. All right, done. <laughs> <laughs> Achieved. Level unlocked. <laughs> At the hotel, Quinn's talking to Helen and Jake about Bobby, and frankly, they just can't be bothered. They're too relaxed. Uh, back at the Lane residence, Jane's quietly ducking into her room, hoping to avoid folks, but she's met by Daria, who was waiting for her. Trap sprung. Uh, Daria demands to know <laughs> what's going on because Jane can deny it all she wants, but she doesn't typically just duck into empty classrooms whenever she sees Daria coming. Uh, so Jane finally ends up coming clean. She's happy that Daria and Tom are getting along, and she really does seem that way. Um, but she and Tom aren't getting along so well, and Daria's presence is making things more difficult. She also slips in a whether you mean to or not, which is the phrase that Daria latches onto. Mm-hmm. Jane. Yeah. Uh, Jane says Daria tends to monopolize Tom's time, which Daria denies. Jane points out the other night where Tom was in Daria's room most of the evening, and Daria says she did no such thing. Tom stopped by. Jane says that can't be it because Penny's room is on the other side of the house, so the only way he'd run into Daria first is if he skipped over Jane's room to... Uh, yeah. <laughs> we see that happening in real time, and it just sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Jane realizes she's, quote, the third wheel in her own relationship, and Daria comforts her by saying Tom probably just didn't want to interrupt her drilling. She also stands up for herself, uh, telling Jane not to blame her for the problems she's having with Tom, which were going on before Daria ever started sleeping over. Jane admits she's right about that and apologizes, and the two do appear to be and the two appear to be okay again. What a conversation. Yes. Yes. Uh absolutely great conversation. Um, this goes back to something that we've talked about previously uh, over the course of this podcast, that conflict that arises for no other reason than the two parties involved refuse to talk is mm-hmm. lazy conflict. It sucks. Amen. Um, <laughs> yeah. And seeing Daria waiting for Jane in her room, demanding to talk this out is, is such a wonderful counter to that. It's such a like, yes, God, yes, finally <laughs> kind of yes. moment. Make the people talk, damn it. <laughs> yes. Uh, and also- Strong move by Daria, who has not been standing up for herself this episode. Especially against Quinn. Right, right. Daria. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, also, good on Jane for recognizing, even if it took this conversation, uh, good on Jane for recognizing that her shitty situation is making her be a little bit shitty to her best friend. We don't get a lot of these like down to earth, very straightforward, um, you know, emotionally weighted conversations between these two because they've built like walls on top of walls on top of walls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it's it's really nice to see it here. Yeah, that that was making me think that we've had quite a few moments in um, this season where where Jane ends up talking to Daria and having some realization about how shitty her behavior is or how she's not seeing things properly. Um, you know, it, it's a good reminder that sometimes you don't understand what's going on around you or what's going on in your head uh, until you actually talk it out, um, which is human, right? But like this right. is becoming a pattern with Jane. Um, and the fact that she's not seeing what's going on in her relationship or how her behavior is affecting the people around her, like that should be a red flag, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> Come on, Jane. You you uh, you need to address some stuff, and maybe um, yeah, <laughs> maybe this relationship isn't going great. <laughs> yeah, I, and I, I think you know when you you see that and it looks bad, and then I I try to continuously frame it in the context of like also this is a seventeen year old. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um. Shitty decisions are going to be made. Shitty, uh, shitty emotional, uh, emotional maturity is going to happen. Yeah, I mean, give her credit that she actually figures it out. You know, she figures out that she she has some moment of of clarity of self. You know, (laughs) because I'm pretty sure that I didn't have that clarity at that age. I'm not sure I, I do right now. <laughs> I was just about to say, I'm still not sure I've hit that. So uh, <laughs> there is nobody who gets all of it right on their first go round every single mm-hmm. time. Like there's, yeah. there's just nobody who can do that. It's okay to, it is okay to occasionally be a shitty person or do or say a shitty thing, provided that you can, upon reflection, realize that you said or did a shitty thing and you know correct that behavior in yourself or or at least acknowledge it and let it influence the way that you're going to act going forward because yeah everybody's going to screw up but to to sit there and say hey i screwed up like that takes <laughs> a certain you know that takes a certain level of like you said maturity it takes a certain emotional intelligence there is something to be said for that you know and mm-hmm. Uh, and I like seeing it in characters. It's nice to see it here. Uh, all right. So at the hotel, Jake and Helen are about as relaxed as it gets when they get a call from hotel security, the police. It's kind of tough to say. (laughs) So the call is coming from a detective, which sure sounds like they would be at a police station, but Helen and Jake run in still wearing their hotel bathrobes. So either they so like, they're operating like out of a back office room in the hotel, <laughs> right? Like that's not like hotel security. Totally buy that. That's I you know one hundred percent. You would absolutely have hotel security. You would. But there's not like FBI posters on the wall. Yeah, there's like FBI posters on the wall. This guy calls himself a detective. I, 
I, what the hell is going on at this hotel? <laughs> um, anyway, uh, it's revealed that Bobby doesn't actually have an uncle at the hotel. He's been charging the items to Helen and Jake's account and then breaking into the computer system to delete the charges. So Bobby's probably going to have a rough couple of years. Uh, leading Quinn out of the office, Helen and Jake demand to know where the hell Daria went. I like um, that um, Quinn is mostly concerned that she almost dated a computer geek. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Uh, yeah. This actually uh, reminds me, going back going back a scene when uh, Quinn is talking to Helen and Jake and they're super relaxed by the pool. Um, and they inquire very half-heartedly about where uh, Daria is and Quinn immediately just like gets super defensive. And she's like, I don't know. I'm not my sister's beeper. <laughs> That's a good Such one. Such a great line. That's a very good line. I absolutely love that. <laughs> Cultural <laughs> context. What is a beeper? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Jesus. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even, oh no. <laughs> we we um, completely missed it. <laughs> Okay, uh, quick, quick refresher. A beeper was the thing that you wore on your waist that beeped uh, when people needed to get a hold of you and you didn't have a phone. So you would get it and then you would look at it and you would say, oh, that's the number I need to call. And then you'd run over to a pay phone. And oh my Jesus. Okay, so we used to have these phones. <laughs> <laughs> called pay phones. <laughs> That weren't our phones. <laughs> no, they were. They weren't our phones. They were in these little. They had these booths specifically for them, and you and you would get in, and you would shut the door behind you, and you'd uh, pick up this thing that was just covered in germs, and you would put a quarter. Definitely in the would slot. not go in there in a pandemic. <laughs> no, and then you would call, or you would call collect, and and collect was a thing that we used to have when we didn't have quarters. So you would dial one eight hundred collect, and you would hopefully save some money, and it. Charge it to somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> Life used to be harder. That's what I'm getting at. <laughs> Man, when I figured out that call and collect was a thing, whew, game changer. <laughs> uh, we don't have a, a cultural context at the end of this week. I hope you've enjoyed getting it sprinkled throughout the episode. <laughs> <laughs> In this um, particular instance right here. That's all we have. <laughs> Uh, all right. So coming up to the home stretch here, over to the Lane residence we go where Daria's reading again in Penny's room. Uh, she gets a knock at the door, but this time it isn't Tom or Jane, it's Trent. He's looking for Jane. Uh, Daria says she's probably over at Tom's, avoiding her, and Trent notes that she might be making sure Tom avoids Daria. Daria's fed up with this line of thinking and tells Trent straight up that there's nothing going on between her and Tom. Trent's not really buying it though. After all, guys can always tell when other guys are into someone. Daria angrily denies. It's it's Guidar. (laughs) Apparently. Um, It's not true, by the way. Um, Daria angrily denies Trent's assertion. Uh, Yes, 100%. Um, Actually, I don't know. I I don't want. We don't have time for another half hour tangent. Um, Okay. Daria angrily denies Trent's assertion, then apologizes when he's on his way. Then apologizes to him when he's on his way out of the room. Uh, Daria says she really doesn't know what's going on, and Trent says that whatever it is, it's not as though she meant for it to happen. But there's also no point in playing dumb, as if on cue, Helen and Jake arrive to pick Daria up. This is a really good scene, and and before yes. we talk about it, I I want to say. Um, 
because I, I forgot to mention it earlier, the realization that that Jane has about Tom going straight to Daria's room, that is where I think that um, Tom's Tom, like Tom is being questionable, <laughs> you know, um, his, <laughs> you know, his actions are questionable. Like are, like, is he doing this on purpose? Is he aware of his crush or just like acting on impulse here? And I'm, I'm starting when, when Jane has that realization, I'm more inclined to think, yeah, Tom knows what he's doing, you know? Yeah, maybe. Um, I do think like it's entirely possible to, because again, he didn't, well, ostensibly he didn't mean to stay in there half the night. So I can totally buy a, hey, I'm just going to pop over and say hi and be like, hey, what's up? Especially if, you know, as Daria points out, Jade's working on a project, which involves a lot mm-hmm. of like heavy drilling and stuff. Um, so I can totally see him popping over to just be like, hey, Daria, how's it going? Is your family still in a hotel? Yada, yada. But then to just like, stay for half the night uh, without even thinking, hey, maybe I should check up on my girlfriend who's all of like 20 feet away. Yeah. Yeah. I don't don't know. So the conversation between Daria and Trent, also very good. Yes. Way less bougie. (laughs) (laughs) Way way less bougie. Um, I feel like Trent's exactly the person to deliver this talk to Daria. Uh, it's similar to how like the very worst conflict is that which arises from two characters refusing to talk to one another. Some of the worst internal conflict comes from a character just refusing to be honest with themselves in the face of something that has been made pretty obvious to themselves and the audience. Um, which is to say Daria is too smart to not know that something is going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and it's not cool to, to just ignore what you know in order to continue getting close to Tom. You know what I mean? Right. Right. <laughs> um, you know, it's not innocence at that point. Right. I was actually, I was just about to say she has to this point been an innocent party and that's like, she's very slowly losing that ground. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, this has gone from something that, and you know, I alluded to this earlier, this has gone from something that's happening to her to something that she is like actively participating in. And you know what? Like, look, uh, again, going back to, hey, sometimes you do or say uh, shitty things or complicated things when you're trying to figure out uh, all of this. Like, part of this is probably just a matter of, Hey, this feels good. Like the attention that she's getting from this person feels good. She gets along with him in a way that she doesn't get along with most other people, including her best friend. And that's fun. That's new, you know? So I kind of understand that. Like, I think we've all, we've all been there to some extent. And, and that comes down to, Hey, you know, when you're that age, you you will, uh, you will again make bad choices or, or at least make choices that, don't necessarily reflect well on you as a person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I like, I, I do have. I'm not saying that excuses it, by the way. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think that like, I do have sympathy. Like I completely understand, like they're young, you know, they're, you know, they've got the hormones going on and they've never been in these situations before. But, but as we've established already, 
uh, God, I just completely lost his name. <laughs> Jane, yeah, Tom. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I'm terrible with names. Um, Jake, Mr. DiMartino, Mr. O'Neill. <laughs> <laughs> Too many of them. Um, so as we've established before, Tom is slightly older. At least this is the impression that we get. And and he is you know, clearly um, better at socializing. <laughs> so he's probably yes. had more experience with these interpersonal relationships. So he he stands, and as a male, you know, he stands from a, a, a position of advantage and power yes. here. Um, and, and if he's not aware of that, then, I mean, like not being aware of it and wielding that power is, uh, is shitty. But like being aware of it and still wielding it is even shittier. I don't know. Either way, it's shitty. <laughs> yes. Um. So so I'm not letting him off the hook here. But no, nobody should. Yeah. He's being a total yeah. dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> but no one should be playing dumb at this point, as, as Trent puts it. No one should. Be. Right. Absolutely. Can we mention? Uh, can we mention? Um, Trent's line oh my God, about yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so at one point, um, when he's talking about how he could sense what's going on around him, Trent says, "Daria, I'm a musician. I'm very sensitive to shifts in mood." And Daria's immediate <laughs> response is, "Then your senses must be going into overdrive about now." <laughs> Because she's furious. Also, yes. now I want to know what ethereal transference is. <laughs> well, that's the brand new Mystic Spiral single. <laughs> yeah. I actually tried to Google untitled. it. I tried to Google it to see if it was an actual thing or if it was just something that he made up. And I'm pretty sure <laughs> it's something he made up that has then caused some kind of like new age spinoff. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I love the idea of like an entire internet subculture that spins off of something Trent Lane said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a thing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, alrighty. So in the car on the way home, Helen and Jake are really laying into Daria, but she's somewhere else entirely. She's thinking about what Trent said about guys always being able to tell when other guys are into someone. She rests her head against the window as Jake, Helen, and Quinn all descend into angry bickering and Sylvie by San Etienne plays as we go to credits. Uh, nothing to really like say about. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I was going, I was going to say that I like that. What um, echoes in Daria's head is Trent's guidar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> of everything she takes away from it. <laughs> well, of course she would, of course she would hang on that. Right. Because yes, that's yes. like, that's the external validation of, of of them, right? That's the external validation of of Daria and Tom is is Trent saying like, no, there's definitely something there. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and I mean, look, it's coming from Trent, who uh, does not tip the scales uh, in terms of reliability. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> That's a kind way but, to put it. Yeah, but if there's, I mean, if there's one thing, he is it's it, he's honest. He doesn't have the energy to lie. So, uh, <laughs> so, so if he's telling you something like. You can, you know, you can take it at face value, um, and that's what he's telling her. And um, so, of course, she's going to latch onto that. She's going to have to think about that. And that's an extremely complicated situation for her that only got more complicated. You know, 
Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I do like I do like that dynamic of having the guy that Daria was once enamored with weighing in on the situation. You know, like even though she she d- doesn't necessarily trust him or where he's going in life. She does, <laughs> <laughs> she does respect him in a weird way. So, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, it, it's, it's a nice moment, you know, where, where the yeah. history matters here. Totally. And I mean, we did, we had a couple conversations, um, on Morgadorks, you know, a couple years ago about, how oh Jesus was it a couple of years ago? Um, oh, wow. About uh, about how if Trent knows what he's doing in terms of like playing around with Daria's feelings a bit, then that's pretty shitty. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. This conversation sounds familiar, huh? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you know, this is relatively familiar territory, and um, and yeah, you're right. It, it, this is the perfect person for this talk to be coming from. Uh, it's a great conversation. Uh, it's great for that moment where Daria breaks down and says, "Like, look, I just I have no idea what's going on right now." Like, that's good. I like that moment. I like that sense of you know. Normally, this person who is relatively self assured, <laughs> um, you know, it's it's a very vulnerable moment of just being mm-hmm. like. No, you know what? I I kind of lost control of this. I have no idea what's happening, um, and you know I may or may not be screwing over my best friend. <laughs> so, uh, so there's a lot to a lot to think about there, and yeah, and so that's what we see in this last scene is she's just got a lot to think about, and and that's yes. the one thing that keeps going through her mind. And I do like that this last scene um, is very much part of like the episodic Daria where, you know, everything goes back to normal with the family (laughs) in the backdrop. You know, we've got the bickering. Jake is once again on the outs with everyone for being a terrible (laughs) driver. Um, You know, uh, Quinn has done something stupid. (laughs) Um, and, and, And so it's, it's very clear that, change has happened with Daria because, you know, against the backdrop of the bickering family back to normal, Daria is not responding to them. There's no witty uh, comeback. You know, it's just her thinking very, um, you know, very seriously. (laughs) I like it. Yeah. All told, uh, a pretty solid episode for the things that it does, which um, I guess... If we want to go ahead and take this into our episode rankings, unless we have anything else to... I guess that makes sense. You know, uh, super professional and well-reasoned Daria episode rankings. Hell yeah. Always have been. Always will be. So... So our last Peggy Nickel episode was Murder, She Snored, which was at 14. And I just want to start there um, because, you know, Peggy Nickel, (laughs) 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 you know, she has a reputation among us. (laughs) Sure, sure. Um, So Murder, She Snored was a um, 
was a really interesting episode because it had so many um, references, you know. So, uh, so you know, it 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 is a very different episode. Yes, it's very much a one-off kind of thing. Yes, it's more of a one-off. Where as we're tackling, um, you know, character and character development here, you know, interpersonal relationships, um, where I think that she's done a pretty good job. Um, of course, you know, there are some logistics that get overlooked for the sake of this plot, <laughs> <laughs> which, you know, I'm not going to let go. <laughs> it's hilarious that it's hilarious to me that that's you at this episode. Because <laughs> normally I'm the one who's like, what the? No, this is terrible. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's just, you know, me at this moment. I'm, uh, you know, I've been I've been on vacation for too long and I, I, I want to go back into editor mode maybe. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, no, I think that like logistically, like, you know, there are moments where I paused, where I was like, wait a minute, like, why is Daria being such a pushover here? You know, you know, why did she not use the phone? <laughs> you know, little things <laughs> like that, where I'm like, this is, this is seriously just for the sake of the plot. And I don't know, like, it's fine when you have, um, you know, like, outside situations that are influencing the characters um the characters actions um when they're in line with the character at its core you know like what they would usually do in response to those situations but when you have daria being a pushover with her sister like i don't really think that's in line with what daria would usually be or do you know and i think that like that doesn't work <laughs> <laughs> when when particularly those uh, those scenarios are simply there to move the plot forward um you, you know when it's not in line with the character themselves like then that becomes a problem you know i've kind of i i kind of just went off the rails with that i'm not no, sure no, it no, made no. any I, sense it's, it's, <laughs> look we i mean we we talk about this kind of stuff all the time with the with the episode rankings like we get into you know hey it doesn't make sense that this would work out this way or hey this was kind of clumsy and what i come back to when we talk about uh daria being a bit of a pushover in this episode is that she was a, and again maybe this is you know looking way too far into it but hey welcome to morgan dorks i think that she's a pushover in times when it benefits her to be so to, mm -hmm. to be yeah. one. Um and what I and what I mean by that is, you know, it took her no it took her nothing at all to be convinced not to stay at the hotel because she was going to have to stay with Quinn in the same room. And so she was going to have to listen to all those phone conversations and and deal with all of that. So I can totally buy, hey, yeah, you know what? I'm not going to be here anymore. Peace out. <laughs> and by the way, like originally she she actually strong arms strong arms Quinn into not ratting her out to Helen and Jake because That's Quinn's true. initially like Quinn's initially like yo mom and dad aren't going to tolerate that at all and Daria's like all right cool I'm going to answer the phone as your sister <laughs> and Quinn's like all right cool see you later have fun <laughs> um, so so there is that and there's also I mean if if 
if we want to go digging deep into the subtext, we could sit there and say like, well, you know, maybe it, it behooves Daria to stay over at Jane because she knows she's going to see Tom more. Like, is, is that a thing? Mm. Um, mm. That I think that is diving too far into it. I don't think that's, you know, really hinted at at all. Like, and again, uh, similar to how I don't want to ascribe that level of malevolence to Tom's character. I definitely right. don't want to ascribe it to Daria's character. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I see that as not necessarily like it doesn't stick out as much to me. It does contrast pretty heavily against uh, the Daria that we see waiting in Jane's room when mm. Jane walks in and she's trying to like she's trying to be sneaky and avoid everybody. Like we see Jane look over her shoulder to make sure that nobody is actually like about to walk up to her or anything as she sneaks into her room. Uh, and Daria's right there, you know, trap sprung. I, I think you know that's a very good moment for for her for for standing up for herself. Uh, and it does run a little counter to the way that she's been acting in front of Quinn. So I, I think there is there is some incongruity there, and I think the defense of it is to defend it. You have to reach a little bit into like, oh well, it's about convenience and and, and all of that. But um, I think it, it bothers me a little bit less than you. But I totally I see where you're coming from with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it. <sighs> I don't know if it bothers me as much as like. I have to point it out. Like, I feel obligated. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so as far as the rankings are concerned, I do think that this is better than Murder, She Snored. Um, yes. You know, I think it is more of a, because it is more invested in the characters and the and and the plot that is going through these episodes. So, you know, it's an informed, it's a character-informed episode, even though maybe some of those parts are not quite, you know, <laughs> right. not quite where I want them to be. Um, but I, I, I also like that, as you said, like there is some elegance in this plot. Um, we're not like hit over the head with things, you know, it progresses in a way that makes sense. And I don't know. Yeah. Uh, there, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think this is a pretty well done episode. I think, um, the smoothness of that, the, the way that, you know, we're introduced to the central conflict without it having the smack us in the face like it normally does, um, I think the the way in which Jane's dispro- disapproval of how Tom and Daria are getting along kind of evolves over the course of the episode from, you know, like a raised eyebrow to just straight up like uh, <laughs> angrily stabbing a canvas um, and hiding from her best friend, among other things. Uh, I think that's all that's all pretty well done, you know, for for a 20 minute episode of of animated television that's it's working in some pretty subtle ways and I, yeah. I appreciate that. Um, we're also dealing with some complex things here. Like we've gone on a number of tangents. Uh, this is now we're like an hour 30. Yeah. We're like an hour and 35 minutes into recording um, because we, because we've talked a lot about where some of this character motivation comes from and how some of this is totally relatable and um, how complicated some of this stuff is. And you know, it's not as though this is a very special episode or anything like that. Like it doesn't, 
uh, try to grapple with those things in a deeply serious manner, but it does it in a way that it does it in a way that still respects the the show itself for what it is. Uh, yeah, and, and I really appreciate that, you know. And and I love the character moments we get. I love Jane's character in this. I I love Daria's character in this. I think the only character that uh, I I look at shittily in this episode is Tom. Um, <laughs> and I think, you know, some of the things we've said to defend Daria's actions, we can also say about Tom, but yes. it's, but there's, a, that's complicated as you've mentioned, because like, you know, this is a slightly older guy who, uh, although I actually, I don't know how much older he is than them because I believe he is I believe at the end of the series he's going to college at the same time they are. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's never quite clear, but we do know right. that like they have he has a car and they don't, you know. And and Trent knows him, so there's you know, yeah. <laughs> Um, so like, even if he isn't, even if he isn't supposed to be by the letter of the show, uh, older, like the way the show treats him is as an older guy. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you have that, you have, again, the fact that he's a guy, <laughs> um, like there are, there are certain advantages that he is approaching this whole scenario with. And the fact that he is still acting in the way he is acting is truly awfully shitty, shitty, shitty. <laughs> you, are you giving him the shitty eye? <laughs> I, I am. I'm giving him the, the shitty poop eye. eye. <laughs> the, old, the old poop eye. <laughs> uh, okay. So as far as the rankings are concerned, I see your cursor. I see your cursor there. Um, so I, okay. okay. <laughs> I, I want to say I don't, the cursor is not where I intend to put the episode, <laughs> um, but I will say that I don't think it's going to be terribly far away from that. I think this is, you know, you already mentioned this is probably a better episode than Murder, She Snored. I think it's definitely a better episode than Murder, She yeah. Snored. Yeah. Um, to me, I'm looking around like Lost Girls, Misery Chick, somewhere around there. Um Possibly even above right where it hurts. Now that I really, I think it's better than right where it hurts. I, 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 yeah. (laughs) I don't know. I, 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 I like white right where it hurts, but I mean, you, you weren't as big a fan of that episode as I was. Like I dragged that thing to that position. (laughs) Uh huh. Yeah. Oh yes, you did. I mean, do you think that this? I think the other comparable episode is I Loathe the Parade, which we have mentioned in this episode um sure like do you think that this is a a better episode than i love the parade or is it below <clears throat> so i think this is this episode's trying to do more than i love mm-hmm. the parade was um mm-hmm. it's more ambitious it's trying more in terms of character um because yeah with i love the parade we were they were planting the seeds for what we got to here. So, you know, most of that episode was dedicated to just the shenanigans of being caught in slash around a parade. Um, and you had like the Daria and Tom stuff sprinkled in. Uh, and so we got like these nice little moments uh, and we got that one really painfully awkward moment. <laughs> but, we, you know, we see all of that stuff coming to fruition now. Like those seeds that were sprinkled in the beginning of the season are, are now here and, and we are 
dealing with the ramifications of this stuff that's been happening all season long. Um, and that's, that's inherently more complicated. <laughs> uh, so does they get extra points for that? I think it's, you get extra points for ambition if you actually follow through with it. You know, if, if, if you actually make it work, I, you know, I, I think that's a great thing. Um, yeah. Do you think it worked? I guess is the question. Yeah, I do. Um, okay. All right. You know, judging okay. by, ju- sorry, that sounded way more defensive than I meant it to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. All right. Uh, <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> get off my back about it. Uh, so I, I, I think this episode was trying to do more. I think it accomplished everything it set out to do. Um, I think there are some some lapses here and there. I think Dar- uh, Daria not calling Jane is kind of shitty. Uh, I think Daria not standing up for herself with Quinn is is not great. Um, I think it can be it can be excused away, but you have to dig yeah, a I, little for you. That. You have you have reasons, like you <sighs> you know. I I understand. <laughs> yeah, um, um, but as far as like. Comparing it with the next up on the rankings, partners complaint. I say, I like it can't for me. It can't go above partners complaint. I think no partners complaint is just amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I perhaps I have talked this a little farther up in the rankings than I thought it would be, but I would be okay with this being nestled in between partners complaint and I love the parade. So sitting at number six, wow, yeah. man, Peggy Nickel, good on you. Yeah, there is some significant, completely subjective improvement here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's a good episode. Like, I, I mean, look, Murder She Snored was was a hell of a lot of fun, you know, um, and and it rested pretty heavily on all the references it was making and and that was great and it was a good time uh, and it was a great one off um and we've we have awarded episodes like that <laughs> um mm-hmm. legends of the mall yeah. is sitting like all of two episodes up uh from that at number 13 um but but yeah this is whereas that was like a fun episode of television this is a good episode of daria you know i'm i'm glad that we can reward it for that, for that yeah uh, All right. So should we wrap it up? Yeah, I think so. All right. And that does wrap it up for this episode of Morgan Dorks. Uh, check out our Patreon. You can sign up at patreon.com slash morgandorks. Uh, it's a buck a month. You can support this silly little thing we do and listen to an unedited version of each podcast a few days before it airs. Good luck with this one. Uh, as always, <laughs> please, please feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at morgandorks. Email us at morgandorks at gmail.com or check out our website, anchor.fm slash morgandorks. Um, wow, you are talking very fast. I've never heard you I, talk this fast. I mean, when you when you said this thing a million times. Um, <laughs> Also, remember check out the the live stream. I'll I'll link to to Dougie Style in the episode notes. But um, it'll be Wednesday, December 9th at seven Eastern time. Uh, so 
check that out. That should be pretty fun. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, we're also on Facebook, uh, fb.me slash morgandorks.podcast, or just search for morgandorks. Um, special thanks, as always, to Outpost Diary Reborn. Link for that is also in the show notes. As always, thank you, Nissa. Hey, Rob. Thank you. You're awesome. Oh, psh. Uh, <laughs> and thank you, <laughs> listeners. Uh, I don't take compliments well. Uh, we'll see you again <laughs> in two weeks for season four, episode 13, the end of season four. Holy shit. Uh, die, die, my darling. I'm very much looking forward to that one here on Morgan Dorks. Thank you.